Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of A Very Full Plate Podcast. I'm Emily Hall, and I'm honored to introduce a wonderful person, Amy Vig, who happens to be the co-host of this podcast. Amy is a mom of two young boys and a natural foods chef in the Seattle area. I think you will all love to hear about Amy's passion for all things food and how she finds her own groove in eating well. Amy appreciates food for its healing qualities, but also deeply values it for the fun and entertainment factor. Amy, tell us what you want our listeners to take away from your episode. I'll be honest. I think I'm more nervous to be the interviewee than interviewer. But I guess what I'm most excited about is for listeners to learn a bit about me so that they'll have context for the conversations I have and the tips I share in the future. All right. Sounds good. Let's get right into it. Um, Amy, tell us a little about yourself and how you're doing today. Hey, thanks, Emily. Uh, That's such a sweet intro. I feel like you have higher expectations for what (laughs) healthy eating or eating in general looks like in my house. I'm just going to give a quick disclaimer that because this is real life, I have a cold. (laughs) Yep. I don't know how with three kids, you guys don't just perpetually have colds because I feel like with two kids, it's just like amped up this cold situation that we're always passing germs. So obviously my voice doesn't always sound so sexy, but (laughs) I love it. I'll enjoy it for today and then know who I am in future podcasts when I don't sound like this. Yes. Um, So thanks for hanging in. Absolutely. I I think it's sultry, as I said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you asked a little bit about me and my family. So as you said, my name's Amy. I'm a natural food chef and a mom of two boys who are three and three quarters, as he likes to say, and 10 months old. My husband's name is Greg. We've been together for a long time, 13 years. We met senior year of college and um, have been married for going on eight years now. So been together. Fabulous. We yeah. Seattle by way of San Francisco, where we lived prior to moving here two years ago. And we're just trying to keep it all together on a daily basis, sometimes doing well and sometimes not. I totally resonate with that. We had no power this past week. So living in the chaos and then within 24 hours, kind of whipping the house back together. I understand how some days you're on and some days you're just white flag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There were a lot of white flags this week, especially with my coming down with a cold. Ugh, bummer. So I'd love to dive in specifically about the food in your household, um, how you guys like to eat, what it's like, what your daily schedule is like as far as eating and, and prep and all that jazz. So if you could give us a little intro on how you think of yourselves as feeding your children. That'd be great. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I wish I had something like fancy and some great 
ideas to share. But the reality is that I'm just like everyone else trying to keep it together food-wise on a daily basis. So um, we don't have any particular style of eating. I would call our aspirations for food whole, real, and unprocessed. Mm -hmm. And as much as I can lean in that direction, I'm happy. And I fully recognize that sometimes I'm choosing between the less of multiple evils. And I try to do that with the most finesse that I can. But that's just the reality for me of having two small kids. I should tell you that like in a past life, I used to make my own crackers and my own hummus and I made sourdough bread. And I was really like all over it when it came to the whole real unprocessed thing. And having kids has just been like a real dose of reality in our house. Right. So what that might look like on a daily basis is like, we love Dave's killer bagels. So this is where I say like, better, not best perspective is like, they're whole grain. They don't have much sugar in them. They're not like white processed bagels that we start our day with and we use organic cream cheese. And so I sort of have decided like, I'm going to feel good about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'll get a green smoothie in for me or for the kids. And then there's like oatmeal and other things. So one of our goals has really been to expose our kids to as much variety as possible. I'm not sure it's been successful and I'll talk more about that later, but yeah, I try. That's your Uh, aspiration. Lunch is, I use the Bento Kids lunch boxes and I make little lunches for my three and three quarter year old who goes to preschool four days a week. And in there, he'll usually have like an on sprouted whole grain bread and almond butter and jelly sandwich. Thank goodness they don't have a nut restriction at his school. Oh, that is I really struggle with that. And then there's like usually a couple of fruits, at least one vegetable, and then a little treat in the middle, usually some sort of like dried fruit ball that we make. Yeah. And then dinner is like whatever we manage to scrounge up. I try hard to plan ahead, but usually we'll have at least one leftover night a week. We'll eat out at least one night a week. And same thing there is like my goal is just variety. So like what can I get on these kids' plates that they'll eat some of and be exposed to lots of? Yeah, yeah. Constantly trying to balance. And then my husband and I will enjoy and we really like spicy food. So I'm always like walking the line of like, how do I make one thing for our whole family, but make it work for everybody? That is tricky. And it'll only get trickier, I find, as the the younger gets older, because then they're like one thing that's totally different. And you're like, okay. Um, I already find that to be true. My 10-month-old is a fantastic eater and my three-year-old could go days without eating. I'm actually (laughs) too busy. But he does not require food to survive. That is so funny. Interest in stopping what he's doing to eat. He's like really a snacker and I'm really struggling and trying to figure out as a parent and someone who really cares about what he eats, how to gently manage that without micromanaging it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Well, it's amazing that you even have the wherewithal to think, okay, I should micromanage it. You know, back in the day it would be like, you're eating or you're not like shovel it down you know, and you're being really careful, which is, is good because it will help his relationship with food, which he clearly has a love-hate relationship. He's like, I require it, I guess. <laughs> if, if there are sweets, he will eat them, which is so funny yeah. because you know those things you like think before you're a parent, like I'll never do this. Yes. And the list of things I was never going to do is quite long, including allowing kids' toys to take over my house, which is just like a losing battle. <laughs> But I was like, you know, I had five years of teaching people about healthy eating under my belt. I had talked to lots of parents and I was like, 
one thing I'm really going to do is expose my kids to lots of options and I'm going to make sure they love vegetables and I'm not going to have them eat a bunch of sweets. And it just turns out that we as humans love sweet things. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually human nature the more I think about it. Yeah. And he just, he's obsessed. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much we've tried not to make it a thing. He's obsessed with it. And I find myself like bribing him with. Right, right different foods. And I don't know, maybe there's a better way. It's part of how this podcast started is like, I want to hear from other people if there's a better way, but if there is, I'm still searching for it. Absolutely. I have to give it up, but like, it's not that he won't eat vegetables. He loves cherry tomatoes. He loves bell peppers. Like he will eat vegetables, but he just wants sweets so much. Yeah. 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 And those are funny because those are actually sweet vegetables. Right. So it's like, clearly he has a palate that yes. has formed for to to crave that that sweet which is which is good that you're even thinking okay how can i work with this knowing that this is the way he is like right. you can't strip him of that um right so and I never mind that cherry tomatoes and bell peppers are actually not even vegetables i just have accepted them as such no they should they're actually oh fruit, my god they're vegetables in our house are you kidding right. me? i love i love it um <laughs> so remind me to ask you how you make your dried fruit balls but anyway yes that being said, you got, you got a little bit into the struggle you have with your oldest son. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the things that you said to parents. You should do this. You should do that. But you actually felt like you've been able to stick to it. Is it, is it in the realm of the variety? Or, or what is your superpower as a mom and as a wife who's um, helping provide the family at this point? Yeah, so I've thought a lot about this question and I feel like I have a couple of superpowers that I'm going to break down into two categories. Okay. And my first caveat is I have a lot of kitchen superpowers because I've spent a lot of time and money developing them. Right. And I just want to be like 100% upfront about that. And this is something I talk about when I work with folks and when I write my blog online is like, I don't expect everyone to be good at all of these things because they haven't dedicated their lives right. to getting better at them. Yep. I'm a terrible singer because I haven't done a lot of it, right? right? And I just have a bad voice, but neither here nor there. There are things that all of us spend time developing and I have really like worked on honing my kitchen skills because I chose to have my career in it. Right. So you have that sort story. of blessing. That, yeah. <laughs> well, blessing-ish, but yeah. it, it's where I have, I have spent the most time. So um, I would say from like a development perspective, my biggest kitchen skill is that I can work really quickly in the kitchen because I've done it so much. So everything from like, I can chop a fruit or vegetable super fast. I don't have to think about how to do it because I've done it thousands and thousands of times. And I often talk to folks about, I just wish more people would think about how they could get faster and more efficient in the kitchen and that I could find ways to help with that effectively. Sure. it, to me, it is the biggest thing that you can do to make cooking less of a pain. Right. And I'm talking everything from like chopping faster to learning how to multitask to learning even like a couple of dishes without using a recipe so that you don't have to refer back to things. Right. To knowing how to like get your dishes in the dishwasher while something is cooking so that you're like all done faster. So that's a superpower that I have, again, spent a lot of time and money developing, mm-hmm. but that I'm super appreciative for, especially now that I have kids and life is just like constant chaos. Right. No, I understand that. And I would say my superpower, like my innate superpower when it comes to healthy eating and part of what set me on this path is I just, 
love vegetables. I love it. Not everyone will relate to that, but like, I just love them. Like when I was growing up, I remember people asking me like, what's your favorite food? And people would say, oh, pizza and pasta. And I always said salad. And I don't know if I really actually love salad, but like I loved it enough that I knew that that was what I wanted to tell people I really liked. Yes. And I don't take for granted that not everyone feels that way. And I think you can live a happy, fulfilling, and even healthy life without loving them. But I think part of the way that I expose my family to so much more in terms of food and vegetables, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, is that I really have a passion for wholesome, nutritious food. That's awesome. And you know, it it does speak to, you know, a salad has a lot of things about it. It's um, multi-sensory. There's crunchy, they're soft, they're squishy, there's cold, and sometimes there's hot. So there's a lot going on, which can be more exciting to eat. And you can also put like anything on a salad. So it's almost like this really exciting variety food, which speaks to your whole love for variety. Yeah. Um, I love how you mentioned that. I have a real passion for like how to build a perfect salad. (laughs) It's something that like floats in my head off. I'm like, I should share this technique because I think it always has to have like crunchy and some sort of like dried fruit or sun-dried tomato, like something chewy and when people don't love salads, I'm like, I, just, I think you're just doing it wrong in some <laughs> cases. And and I don't love spring mix, so I don't make my salads with spring mix, like honing in on what right. you like and finding how to make something that complies with that. But when I worked at Whole Foods, so part of this journey has been I worked at Whole Foods for six plus years, teaching about healthy eating, training team members about healthy eating so that you went when you went into the store to buy something that they would better know how to find that and what you would Mm -hmm. do with it so they could Mm -hmm. like have that conversation. But one of the techniques that I developed was something I called saladizing everything, (laughs) which is like out of necessity and out of just sheer indulgence, I ate off the hot bar and salad bar in the stores almost every day that I was there. Yeah. But it gets expensive. Even with a discount, it gets expensive. And I, and you could eat a lot of not great for you food doing things that way. Yeah. You're like, let me just throw some tortellini on that salad. Right. right. <laughs> and so what I would do is be like, okay, what do I actually want to eat today? And sometimes that would be something like a tamale is like my most noteworthy one. The one I think about often. And I'd fill up my salad container with like kale and greens and carrots and garbanzo beans and like whatever I knew mm-hmm. was like a nutritious base. And then I'd put a tamale on top. And then I'd like get some salsa as the dressing and sort of make that my salad. And the tamale was almost like the accent piece to this otherwise salady dish. Yeah, right. Indulge, but I wasn't eating the four tamales that it would take to fill me up otherwise. Right. No, totally. That makes sense. Well, you definitely had a a strategy when it came to your whole food salad making. Oh my gosh. It was like exposure. How cheap can I make this and still get a filling, nutritious meal? And I think the lowest I ever got it down to was like, 450 where I was like this is really satisfying yeah but I've spent as much as like $20 on a salad so don't be too impressed yeah right you're like $18.95 delicious you know it's funny you say that because I wonder if you and I are similar in the sense that when it comes to this whole food thing there are plenty of moms dads whoever providers who really hate cooking they maybe even don't even love eating unless it's something they just happen to love like may not be part of what brings them joy um but you and I also I think share this sort of like challenge mindset like how can I do this with like the cheapest possible route 
but the most like bang for your buck, like highest quality, cheapest possible and still healthy and everyone will eat it. And that like having a little bit of a competitive or challenger edge can be really helpful when it comes to feeding your family. And that's what I'm hearing. Like you, even before you had kids, you appreciated that. Like, okay, I'm at Whole Foods. How can I eat? Super awesome. Love it. And it's four bucks, you know? Yeah. And I think you hit on something really important there that I was going to add, which is the love it. Like the enjoyment factor to me is actually like one of the most, I would say like if I had a hierarchy, it's like healthy and then enjoyable, like very Mm -hmm. close behind. And I'm not willing to sacrifice enjoyable for healthy and only sometimes healthy for enjoyable. Right. So like you will never find us eating like steamed vegetables and grilled chicken, not because there's anything wrong with that. I, I actually really appreciate people who can take a super utilitarian approach to food. Right. But to me, it's not satisfying. Like even if it fills me up and it's satisfying, like, okay, I am full. It's not satisfying to my soul. And right. so I, I'm constantly balancing all of these different pieces and it's, I think part of why in our house we haven't adopted a strict dogma or you Mm -hmm. will find, you know, snacky junk food in our cabinets or like yesterday we made chocolate chip muffins. They're healthy chocolate chip muffins, but they're chocolate chips nonetheless. Yeah. Because the balance is like a really important piece for me of living a healthy life overall, not just picking the absolute healthiest food and only eating those. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's not like you're some CrossFit, CrossFit like competitor. Like I need to get down to you know point one percent body fat. <laughs> so I'm not, and I actually like have a real passion for people who are. It's and amazing. From, they like, yeah. yeah. If I step outside of my personal food perspective and say yeah. like, I'd love to cook for someone who's like that because I think that it's like just so fascinating the way that food fuels other mm-hmm. activities and people who can strictly use food as fuel. But yep. in my house, it's like, especially now having kids, it's not the message that I want to send either. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree. I think there are some people who take almost like a science experiment approach to it. Like, what can I do without, what should I be putting into my body? Whereas we're sort of like bringing the joy and the nutrition put together and keeping everybody happy and healthy. But not restricted. Um, You know what I want to ask you is I want to touch on one thing and then I have a question um, that's a little off, but I'm interested. Um, One thing I want to talk to you about is how you talk so much about you've had so much exposure, so much experience, so much practice in the kitchen, the chopping and the prepping. And one of the things I think is key is the timing when you're trying to make everything ready at the same time, especially with kids. Um, It's just the point that like, Anyone who might be listening who maybe doesn't like to cook, doesn't have a lot of time in their house, in their kitchen, they might be working outside the home or what have you. Um, it's just true that with almost anything in life, practice makes perfect. Like my, my um, not my husband, my father, at one point I had said, oh, I want to play guitar. I want to be so good at guitar. I was like 16 and I remember thinking, I'll just pick it up and I'll learn a song. And my dad was like, listen, you want to be good at guitar? you need to commit three to five hours a day Mm -hmm. to it, you know? And like, if you want something, you have to put the time in. Yeah. And um, so hopefully with this show, we'll be able to expose to people hacks, shortcuts, but also this love for just maybe if, maybe if you're looking for a way to eat healthier, you start to love the process more. 
and you spend a little more time on it. Yeah. But, and I, I think love the process, but it doesn't even have to be the process of like, you can hate chopping vegetables forever right. and you can still make healthy food. Like find the process that works for you. Right. And something that I love and struggle with business wise in this day and age is like every recipe that you ever need is already on the internet. It exists. Right. There. So I think our responsibility, whether you love cooking or not, if you need to feed a family, the best way you can do that is by figuring out like what works for your family. So if yep. you are working full time, I have a friend who's like, I'm going to take my crock pot to work and I'm going to put some stuff in there and I'm going to bring my kids back to work. She has an interesting situation where she can, and then I'm going to feed them there. And I'm like, that's genius. I mean, there's no hard and fast rule. And there's no reason to say that you can't eat healthy if you don't like salads or that right. you can't feed your family healthy if you don't like cooking. Like there are endless options to do these things. And the most important thing to me is finding what's your point that you can handle, what works yep. for your family, both in terms of the food, but also in terms of the process that you can really lean into and experience less resistance with. Sure, sure. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about how your relationship with food might have changed maybe since your childhood or since you've had children, how you might've thought differently about the way it was in childhood, like how that might've affected your appreciation for it. If you don't mind sharing a little there, um, cause I'm always curious about how people relate. Sometimes they're like, I don't like it because of, when I was a kid, they made me eat it or, or maybe they love it cause it's tradition and family. So I'd love to tap yeah. a little into that. Yeah. I'm trying to think back on my relationship with food. I mean, so in, in my house growing up, my mom always made sure we had food, but she hates cooking. Like she okay. That's kind of funny. Yeah. So she had recipes that she always made. Like I think of this yogurt lemon chicken that we always had, or like we'd have Costco lasagna, but she always had something for us. Right. right? Uh, of course. And my dad has always eaten really healthy and he would like, for a long time, he would make our lunches and it would be like, you know, whole wheat bread with peanut butter and honey. And this was in the age of, on the West Coast, we had Mrs. Gooch's. And I have like the fondest memories of going to Mrs. Gooch's before Whole Foods bought them out. And you would go there and it was just like the crunchiest. Really? Or like they didn't allow any refined sugar. They didn't sell meat for a long, long time. And then they started, I mean, it's like, like yeah, right, right, right. Which is the perfect thing for my dad because he's like a total ex-hippie. Is he? I love that. So I got, I felt like I got both perspectives, but I think as I got older, I can recognize that my interest in healthy eating was based mostly on the fact that I wanted to work, or, I'm sorry, that I wanted to look a certain way. Really? Like, I can really identify, especially in high school, I feel like I was always like trying something different in terms of my eating mm. or I was like, I'm going to go on a diet. Like I didn't even know what that meant, but I was going to yeah. go on one. And I don't even know why looking back, like I, I never really struggled with my weight. I was always playing lots of sports, but there was definitely like that struggle within me of like, I need to eat healthy, not to be healthy, but because I want to look this way. Mm. And I think some of that still persists. Like I still, part of my motivation for healthy eating is I want to look and now I can recognize as an adult, like I also want to feel a certain way and that's sure. actually more important than looking a certain way. 
but they go hand in hand. Um, but I think I've also like, especially as a parent, been able to step outside of that more and say like, what habits do I want to give my kids to build their lives on? And even if they aren't always perfect, I want them to have this like place of healthy eating to come back to. And I feel like, especially as an adult, what I've been able to get to is like, I haven't dieted in years and that's not because I look perfect, but because I have realized that like, if I can get to a place where healthy is my norm and indulgence is my exception, then I always come back to healthy eating and thinking about it less actually makes me do it more. That makes a lot of sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, that resonates with me too. I, I think you can kind of know, well, okay, I'm a little off my wagon, my normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's time to, it's kind it's time to slow down on the chocolate <laughs> or something like totally. very small micro adjustments. Once you fi- kind of hit your stride. And it's actually one of the most motivating things. The reason that I decided to take my business online and do more in the way of like coaching parents, because I would love for everyone to find their like healthy set point that feels mm-hmm. sustainable that becomes their norm and that again like falling off the be- falling off the wagon is like a temporary thing and they know exactly what to come back to yeah like they're I know for a lot of folks yeah. it's like the opposite right it's like oh I'm eating unhealthy I'm eating unhealthy I don't like the way that I feel I'm gonna eat healthy now right and I think like the opposite is such a powerful thing to be able to do mm-hmm. and I don't take for granted that that's not easy I'm not trying to make it sound easy but I do think it's something that through all those struggles and through this like weirdness of being a teenager and yeah, trying to find my way and food being part of that, I was able to get to. And I, I, I don't take for granted that gift. Sure. And I think a lot of things in life are not easy, but they are simple. Mm. And it's hard to differentiate between the two when it comes to teaching someone. Like it's actually really simple. It just might not be so easy. Um, so I understand that, um, you know, I would love to know now we've talked about your superpowers. We've talked a little bit about your childhood and and your sort of your relationship with food, but what is your, like your kryptonite when it comes to either feeding you or the house or your children, where do you struggle? So my kryptonite is that I love food. Like I freaking (laughs) love it. I love it so much. And I love like the experience of trying new foods. I love like when we travel, food is what we base our travel around. Like we decide what we're going to do based on what it's near. That I love that too. Yeah. And so I often think that like my kryptonite is like, I love healthy food, but I also love all food. And most importantly, like I love food experience. So you will never find me being 100% at anything. For a while, we like dabbled in veganism, which I know is sacrilege to some to say like you dabbled in it because people who are right, vegan. lifestyle. But we right. dabbled in it and we felt really good, but we realized we could only really stick to it at home because we right. wanted to go out and be like, find the best burrito in San Jose or find the best cannoli in Montreal or, you know, like go out mm-hmm. to dinner and really enjoy ourselves. And so when I look at the totality of my healthy eating throughout a week, my biggest downfalls, if you can call them that, are when like my husband and I go out to dinner. Right. Like, let's just eat something delicious. Like, I don't want to pick a healthy restaurant and I don't want to eat 
all the vegetables. I want to have like a really awesome food experience. That's awesome. So it's a cultural thing as well. Like your yeah, you know, you, like your own culture you've built where you try new things and you love variety and you love the experience of going out and not feeling like oh god, let's go to the only vegan restaurant we know. <laughs> Right, exactly. And don't get me wrong, I'm totally that person who's like, can you not include this and can you that depending on the place? But when we go to really like restaurants that I think with, let me say this better. Um, When we go to places where I think the chef really has it together, I want to experience that chef's vision as they outlined it. And so I feel really tied to that as well. Yeah, like a when in Rome. Like, okay, if this is the experience you want to give me, I'm not going to nitpick you into making it my experience. Exactly. Um, But honestly, we eat out more than like someone would be in Rome. So it's like at least (laughs) once a week that I'm doing that. So it's, I would say, I would call it my kryptonite for that reason that like that's where I amass like a ridiculous amount of calories and more dairy and sugar and other things that I would normally eat in my house on a weekly basis. Right. Right. Well, being out there and knowing that you do um, try to make a regular date night for you and your husband, which is a fabulous, fabulous habit, which I still don't do enough of. But that being said, are you comfortable sharing, you know, how much you guys are spending on your meals each week or each month? Yeah, I'm comfortable sharing. And I also will be like totally upfront and telling you, like, I have no idea what the totality of our food budget is because we eat out probably a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't necessarily look at our food budget as including that food because we sort of put it in an entertainment category. Sure. And okay. We try to make that category allow us to more loose. Yeah. Exactly. To <laughs> enjoy ourselves sometimes. And then sometimes we'll go to like a Mexican restaurant with tacos, right? So right. it's not our date nights are certainly not as regular as I would like them to be and not always as like fancy chef driven as maybe it sounds. But our food budget, like what we try to spend on groceries every week is about $150. And I truthfully find that we never, ever stick to that. So we probably spend more like $200 a week on groceries. Okay. And then just for transparency, we eat out as a family probably once a week at somewhere that's kid-friendly, so it's not super expensive, but eating out in Seattle is right. pricey. Yeah. Um, but we'll try and like like a couple weeks ago, we went to a ramen place or we try and like take them places where they can try something different or we might go have sushi or Mexican food or something sure. that like I don't make a lot of at home. And... And then maybe a couple times a month, we'll go out to a nicer dinner together that usually involves wine and other things. And so that can get pricey. Yeah. But yeah. like I said, that Quickly. sort of, to me, falls in our entertainment budget because it's the only entertainment that we do. Like we don't make movies, we don't go to concerts, we eat out. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and I don't even know what the budget for that is. I'm sure I don't want to know is the reality. Like, yeah. I know that we're not exceeding the entertainment budget we've set for ourselves, but it always feels like too much money that we spend Doesn't it? when we eat yeah. out. But that's good. At least you guys have really made an effort to make it something that's part of your life. It's clearly a goal for your family to be adventurous about eating and have eating be a part of a family thing you do together or a couple. And so it's a positive thing in many ways. 
Yeah. And I think the thing is, is like, we're newish to Seattle. We moved here two years ago and we mm. moved from San Francisco, which is like, in my mind, the ultimate food city. I know people will disagree, but to me, it's the ultimate food city. Right. And so in both of these places, like in San Francisco, we really wanted to enjoy what it had to offer, especially because my husband and I both love food so much. Sure. And so it's, it, re- it makes sense as our entertainment. Like I said, we don't do a lot of the other things that people do because that's what we would like to do instead. And so we, no, that makes sense. we're making choices like everybody else. And then in Seattle, I think we both realize that we're not sure how long we'll be here. Right. And so there's some element of having experiences while we are here. And that's not to say we're moving tomorrow and probably you'll talk to me in 30 years and we'll still be here because yeah, that's like, I don't know. We might move. You're, you're kind <laughs> exactly. of carpe diem having the experience of Seattle life. It's not like your hometown. So I appreciate exactly. it. And it's new to us, right? Yeah. And for us, like a great way to experience a new place is to eat lots of the food that it has to offer. Sure. Sure. And then it gives you more ammo for your own business as a, as a chef and everything. It's new ideas and, um, and things like that. So I would be curious when it comes to in-home eating, what would be maybe your top three, I don't know, takeaways for people listening, um, for tips to get healthy eating, get healthy meals onto the table, you know, maybe on time or, or whatever that everybody will eat. What, what do you think of when you think of the things that really help you? Yeah. So one of the things that, again, I learned through lots of, lots of time and money, but I like to talk about a lot because it has worked so well for me, especially with having kids who, mm-hmm. as much as I would like to sit down to a family meal with a 10 month old is just not happening because he goes to bed between six and six thirty. Right. So our lives right now just don't allow for like a family meal every single night. And so one of the things I find that really works is what I call batch cooking and what a lot of people like to call meal prepping. Mm-hmm. So I will like, for example, last night I made buffalo chicken chili in my instant pot, which is one of my favorite things to use and one of my husband's favorite meals. And I like made like four times the amount I would normally make because I realized like having a minute to actually make it is the hardest thing. Right. And if I could just make a bunch and then I'll put it in Ziploc bags and like freeze it flat and label it and stick it in the freezer for those nights when say we don't have something else on hand, I can pull that out and I know exactly what's in that food. Right. So it's almost like your own frozen food market, right. Versus going to Costco and looking for something that meets your standards. Sure. And I love that because you're, first of all, that is one of your, you don't know it, but superpowers. Cause I find it really hard to do that. I say I'm going to do that. But the thing is what makes sense to me is it takes the same amount of time to make it. And you made two meals or three meals or four meals. And here's the biggest thing. I hate cleaning. Like (laughs) I'm the worst cleaner. I'm bad at it. I don't enjoy it. There's nothing good about it to me, except that it's clean afterwards, right? Like that's the only positive outcome. And so for me, like batch cooking or meal prepping at the beginning of the week, which I almost never managed to do, but I can at least make a big batch of something at once means I don't have to clean as many times. Absolutely. It's like having twins, one pregnancy, two kids. <laughs> right? yeah, so easy. Just like it. No, but it does remind me of that. Like, well, okay, up front work. Yes. So batch <laughs> cooking would be one of them. I would say the other thing, my second one would be really honing how you stock your pantry and your fridge with healthy options. Because 
like you said earlier, I'm going to butcher your awesome quote, but it's like, it, it's not easy, but it is simple. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what mm-hmm. you said. Okay. Yeah, something it's like- not easy, but it is simple. So we kind of have like a running list of things that we've silently agreed to like always have on hand. And that's things like bananas and apples and berries because the kids love them and cherry tomatoes and bell peppers and orange juice and coconut water and the bagels that we always eat. I don't know if I said bagels yet. And the cream cheese that we always have and eggs and bread and peanut butter. And there's like this list that lives in my head that I'm kind of always ticking off. Like, do we have these things? Check, 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 add them to my list. And I do online shopping, which might be the third thing I haven't decided yet. But we have really great access to Amazon Fresh, which now has Whole Foods on it. Uh And it's been life-changing. Like this has changed my life, having access to Whole Foods groceries at a pickup location, which we have in Seattle. Like you order everything online and then you drive up and 15 minutes later, they put your groceries in your car for you. Oh, that sounds fabulous. And And so especially for... Yeah, it's amazing. So especially for things like that, like having a running list of the things that you need to have on hand so that you always have healthy options at your fingertips. And this is like the better, not best model mm-hmm. is really important to me and has really made it so that like, if the kids are hungry, I can pull out the whole grain crackers that I feel good about and give them a snack. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's number two is like really getting clear about what you want to have in stock and making sure you have those things on hand so that healthy eating is easier than like going through the drive through and picking something up. Right. And then what would I say the third thing is? So I have batch cooking, healthy, or... Yeah, and then I would say the third thing is uh, finding some favorite recipes that you can always cycle back through. Mm -hmm. So we are not a family that makes like the same things every week, but I know that there are families who are. I just think that people make meal planning really complicated and it doesn't need to be. Sure. Like I know every week we're going to have some form of pasta dinner. We're going to have like something in the instant pot and we're probably going to do some sort of sheet pan meal. And so having those parameters in mind helps me really hone like, okay, if I want to do pasta in the instant pot, all I need to make sure of is I have my favorite pasta sauce, which is Rouse in case anyone cares. It's the best. I don't care that it's $9 a jar. It's absolutely worth it. Um, like I will pay for that because I can't even make tomato sauce that tastes as good. Right. So it makes sense. Right. So I need pasta sauce. I need brown rice pasta, which we use. And I need either like chicken meatballs or chicken sausage and some frozen vegetables. That's how I make my pasta. Right. That's one dinner done. Right. Simple. Like I don't even need to think about it ahead of time. It's like my emergency backup dinner that we always use every day. Right. And then I have some favorites in the Instant Pot, but if I'm looking for a recipe, I can just go on Pinterest and be like, Instant Pot, Paleo Orange Chicken. Because even though we're not Paleo, I find that like Paleo and Keto are great search terms to get less processed food than right. say, like ranch packets, which yeah, is right. what we don't use in our house. Right. It's cool right. if you do, but right. you know. It's just not in your repertoire. Exactly. So look for a recipe, but now I've honed it down that I'm looking for something I can do in the Instant Pot. And then the sheet pan meal, I might be like, okay, give me a new sheet pan meal and it's like shrimp fajitas and that tastes good. And then that becomes part of my repertoire. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think even though I love food and I want to try new things all the time, I try not to make it too complex. And I also try to be really 
careful about picking recipes that are realistic. So I know a lot of parents who are listening will identify with the like witching hour, or maybe it's like kids shuffle hour. Like it's always something at the time dinner needs to happen. So I feel like as a parent, it's really important to get good at picking recipes that are realistic based on your skill set. So like if chopping takes you a long time, don't pick recipes with lots of chopping or buy your cauliflower pre-chopped and pay a little bit more because it's going to keep you from paying to eat out. Right. And then also like learning what you can do ahead of time. So if I know that I'm going to be like feeding the kids solo for dinner, I'll either use something that's in my freezer or during my younger son Connor's second nap, I'll chop up the onions and carrots and celery, for example, for my buffalo chicken chili. And I'll have those all chopped because that's the hardest thing to do when he's awake. I can get three minutes to like throw it onto a sheet pan or put it into the Instant Pot. I can't get 15 minutes to chop things up. And then if I like try and hold him, he's like grabbing at the knife and it's right. just all sorts of bad. Totally. Totally. I know that. So what were those three types? I said batch cooking yep. or meal prepping. Meal prepping. Like the fancy word. Yep. It's yep. so funny because as someone who has gone to culinary school, it's like batch cooking is just good sense. Like you should always make more of things that keep, which are like stews and soups and right. saucy things like patties. Like you should always make more of those because they freeze well. And they absolutely the second is having like a running list of healthy things you keep on hand and making sure you're always stocked with those so you don't have to recreate your shopping list every single week and I I aspire to be even better about that like we should actually write it down and then like check things off but Mm -hmm. someday and then the third thing is making meal planning less complicated by figuring out what works and giving yourself some parameters that you're working within so you're not searching all 1 billion recipes on the internet every time you Look yeah. To make for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is a big theme of get intimate with yourself <laughs> and your cabinets <laughs> and your, you know, know yourself, know what you like to eat, understand and own it, and then get ready to prepare to eat that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hearing as a summary. Like, yeah. And the, the way that you said it, I think really resonates with me because it's like, stop fighting it. Right. Like, this is who you are. This is what you like to eat. And there are like so many healthy versions of different things. Like I said, I made cho- banana chocolate chip muffins yesterday right. that were sweetened only with bananas and they had oat flour as their flour and cocoa powder and ghee and an egg. And I ate one for breakfast and it's like, is a chocolate chip muffin, does that sound like a healthy breakfast? No, but because I made it and I know what's in it and I searched for something that would work, like it becomes a healthy option, which I think is a really powerful thing that it doesn't have to be oatmeal or an egg or Mm -hmm. a green smoothie for breakfast every day. Like there are lots of healthy things within the spectrum, the spectrum you set for yourself that you can self-select into if you stop fighting against like, here's what I should do, but here's what I want to do. Right. Because it's unsustainable to do the shoulds if you're someone who does not think utilitarian. And honestly, like as a parent, I just feel like there are so many shoulds. Like I'm busy trying to like raise my kids as good human beings, which by the way, I have like very little idea how to do. Right. So I'm busy trying to like teach them manners and responsibility and like all of these other things. Like I don't have time 
to think about food all the time on top of it, which is a funny thing for someone who makes their living in food to say. I know, I know. And it goes to show how hard it would be for someone who has no idea where to start. So it almost needs to become so like, it needs to become like stupid easy. Like it needs to be like, you're not even thinking, you're tired, your kids are screaming, but you can still pull off the meal because you made it that easy for yourself. Exactly. And (laughs) it looks different for everyone. Like one of the things I've been testing out is, and reviewing is different meal kits because I recognize for some families, like not having to buy groceries and um, having your meals identified, like maybe that's the answer. And so like, what's the best meal kit service or... Mm -hmm. What's the best meal planning service? By the way, my favorite is Plate Joy for anyone who's wondering. Like, it's a really fantastic service. I'll talk about it some other time. I'd love to hear about it. There's all different kinds of tools. We live in an amazing age. Like, let's use them for good instead of distraction. It's true. And and the resources are really abundant, especially in these more metro areas like where you and I live. Um, But utilize those resources whenever possible, you know. Um, before we wrap up, um, well, uh, this is about time to wrap up, but I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your business because I actually am embarrassed to say, I don't know the specifics about what you offer. And I'd love for you to get a chance to at least, at least kind of explain what you mean when you talk about your business on here. Yeah. So right now I offer lots of free advice (laughs) on my (laughs) website, cookingwithafullplate.com. And I'm super active on my Facebook page, which is cooking with a full plate. So my goal is to turn parents into kitchen ninjas so that they can feed their families healthy food more often. So all the things that we've been talking about. And so I share lots of tips, tricks, and strategies so that you can get nutritious meals on the table faster. Awesome. That involves everything from like, how do you pick the healthiest hummus at Costco to how do you like meal plan more easily or like what's an awesome recipe I tried this week that you should try too. Some of those are my recipes, but I'm also like scouring the internet because I recognize that there are lots of okay recipes and lots of great ones. And I want you to have the great ones without having so much trial and error. I love that. And I love this. I'm already reading cauliflower rice paella. I need to try that. It's a really good one. And the and kids even liked it. I know. That sounds awesome. And I really also want to get this buffalo chicken recipe from you. Oh, the so buffalo so chicken chili is also on my oh. website. It's my favorite because it's packed with like vegetables. It also has beans in it, which is not for everyone. You can leave the beans out. And then it has chicken. And then you just add like chicken broth and buffalo Yum. sauce. And you can make it in the Instant Pot super fast. Or you can make it not in the Instant Pot less fast, but still quickly. Mine was made with like frozen chicken last night. So this was really fast from what I had on hand. Love Uh, it. And then things to look for this year. I'm working on a healthy ebook recipe that's going to be specifically aimed at like sports parents. So kids who, Mm. parents who have kids playing sports that need fast, healthy meals, but aren't even home at dinner time. So that's the first thing I'm working on. I'm also working on some like, meal planning tools and outlines that people could kind of like plug and play. And then I'm always looking for more ideas of things that people love it. So I would love feedback on what people are looking for to help them cook faster and healthier in their own kitchens. Well, I think everyone can use an Amy in their life (laughs) and I too. And I'm someone who feels pretty good about the way we feed our our kids and our family, but I would love more and more ideas because we are like, we have a Rolodex of recipes and it's the same, like 10 recipe 
So it's like, okay, I need some more variety. We're getting tired of this, you know? Yeah. So I understand. Um, well, thank you so much, Amy, for all your insight. And I wish we could have talked longer because there's more, but I know that over the course of our podcast, we'll get little more tidbits from you. And I'm very excited to hear about those. And I love that we both appreciate the Instapot. If you don't have an Instapot, you might want to look into watching when it goes on sale on Amazon because it's definitely banging. <laughs> definitely. Um, so thank you so much. I'm so honored to have you as a chef on uh, our show hosting and also as a guest today. Thank you so much, Emily. This was really fun. And you will definitely hear more from me throughout the course of the show, but I appreciate you taking time to learn a little bit more about me and letting me share some of the things I've learned the hard way.